So, so, so scandalous. Anticipating something. Talking about the dance in your pants. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show, Sin's home of sexuality, identity and relationships on Sin Nation. Uh, hi, I'm Jasmine. Welcome to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation. Uh, tonight we have a big old lineup coming up for you, but I'm going to introduce myself and my lovely new hosts as well. Uh, so my name is Jasmine. I'm 19. I am a single bisexual woman. Um, that's, that's really it. Uh, so with me we have Peter and Daisy. If you guys want to introduce yourself, and we're looking at each other like, who's going to introduce first? <laughs> who's um, going to make the first move? It's it's me. <laughs> um, hey, my name is Peter, and I am 21. I just turned 21, like in the last week and a half, so I'm not used to saying that. And I, I, I guess I identify as straight, but I'm just like someone who goes with it, kind of thing. And I'm deaf single. I've been single my <laughs> whole life. So that's why I'm full of stories, and that me. I'm Daisy, I'm 23. I, just like everybody really, and I'm also quite single. Look at this go, we're going to have so many fun stories about weird sexual experiences and shit, it's going to be awesome. Okay, well tonight uh, we're going, our first segment is going to be the Demi Lovato story. I don't know if anybody's been... uh, uh, catching up with the media lately, but she overdosed. Well, I guess it's pretty open that she overdosed. So on the 24th of July, an ambulance was called to her home after she was found unresponsive. Uh, the ambulance gave her an opioid treatment drug, Narcan, which is usually for uh, like overdoses. And she was sent to the hospital. Um, the majority of the media say it was a heroin overdose, although a close source to her told Fox News that it wasn't, um, and there's been no updates on what kind of drug it was. Uh, Demi Lovato has been struggling with mental illnesses and drug addictions since she was like back before or on Disney Channel. I don't have an exact year, but I don't guess like mid-2000s. Um, in 2010, she entered a rehab facility where she was treated for bipolar disorder, bulimia, self-harm and addiction. Um, so the main thing I wanted to talk about is following her recent overdose, there's been this big meme circulating on Facebook. I haven't seen it anywhere else. I think Facebook's kind of just where it's hit its platform. And it's making light of her overdose and it's kind of making it a joke. Uh, my main, I like, well, I, what have you guys heard about the situation? What do you know? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, so I heard about this meme circulating and it was within the same day that I heard about her, like, potential OD. So I was being fed this information through a friend who had seen a meme and that was their presumption on the story was, well, through this meme I've got the information. And then passed on to me. So I pretty much blocked it, didn't think about it, and then obviously saw in the media that she's been hospitalised mm. and, and the rest of it. So I hadn't seen the meme, and I don't think I've seen it on my newsfeed in recent hours either. It so, must have been uh, brought like taken down or something, because I yeah. did do like a little search when I was researching, and uh, there's nothing really been out there besides a lot of posts saying, like, this is really bullshit, we shouldn't mm. be saying this. Yeah, I'm lucky enough not to have seen the meme at all. My newsfeed's just kind of been about supporting people through addiction. That's good. Um, so I have, I don't know, three questions, I guess. 
Uh, do you guys think that society making light of this issue makes us uh, go back in the mental health debate and the whole thing about how we should be, like how it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to be mainstream about your addictions and people and your issues and people to not judge you and put you down? Do you think that this has taken us back as a society? 100%. When my friend told me about it through a meme mm. being their reference, I was shocked. I didn't think that anyone that I really associated with today, not that he was ignorant or anything, but kind of had a laugh about it. Um, and then I just like sat on the topic for a second, longer than he had, and was just saying to him, wait, hold on, heroin or mm. potential heroin addiction. And you've just laughed about it from a meme. Like, don't you think that's a little bit... Insensitive. bit much and insensitive, yeah. yeah. And then he backtracked and realised and was like, oh, yeah. So there's like these opposing... Uh, I, like this conflict of interest because we're this meme generation mm -hmm. but at the same time we're becoming very progressive and so you could see that his initial reaction was haha funny meme and then he sat on it a little longer and was like whoa actually really insensitive step back I think it's definitely easy not to look into the memes and find any substance in them because they're just on the news feed you scroll past you might have a giggle but then you really should take a step back and be like this is someone's life this isn't funny um, well, that's good because, well, not good, but whatever. The next question <laughs> I have, like, goes into that. Has social media and the internet made us, like, has it desensitised us to other people's trauma? All of this Facebook memeing and all of this stuff, like, is it, has it desensitised us to say, oh, that's nothing? I think there are pros and cons, and I think there's desensitisation and there's also height of awareness that's disseminated through social media. So... I've never been a, an anti-social media person. Like, it's really hard for me to say, fuck social media, it does so much badness. Mm. I think that what this does is it creates conversation and as negative as it might have been fueled initially, I think then it's contributing to a bigger issue of it may not be the fact that it was a social media issue, but we are still lacking in progressiveness. We need to check ourselves. And so because it's kind of stimulating that conversation, it's, it's worked in a way. But I have also noticed that through this revelation, a few friends in my newsfeed are posting memes that are quite old, like ones about beauty image, um, about kind of like referencing to eating disorders mm. that we wouldn't have even realised were that uh, weighted and then just writing bits of text about it in relation to this ordeal and how things are just like desensitising our ways of seeing things. Yeah. To add on to that, I think it's good that some things are being put out and kind of made relatable so people can bond over them, mm. although they often are quite self-deprecating. Yeah. Which is kind of like putting it out there being like haha I'm sad and other people can be like oh wow hmm. me too at least we have something in common yeah. and it kind of makes light of the situation but then when that's all it does that's where it's the issue when no yeah. one goes deeper and yeah. actually talks about it with each other they just laugh and connect over that one little thing and then move on yeah definitely uh, I mean, oh. yeah sorry no continue that was my next question, actually. Like, are we using are we using jokes to hide a bigger issue? Are we hiding behind meme culture and the internet and the whole 
oh, I'm sad, haha, me too. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. pretending that it's just fine and going on with our lives. Is that yeah. what we've become as a society? Definitely. It's so much easier to just laugh at it. Yeah, than mm-hmm. actually and then going and talking to someone about it and um, acknowledging it as an issue. And you kind of say, I'm not alone. Everyone's going through this. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fine then. We all go through it. And then when it creates a sense of normalcy, you don't think that it's anything serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't necessarily solve the issue. And then everybody's like, hurting themselves left, right and centre and everyone's wondering why. Yeah. Why is this happening to our generation? Yeah, that's definitely the insight that you'd gather now, reflecting on it. And then when you were younger, you looked at them thinking, this is connecting us all, like, Mm. woo, we're all so funny. But we're all a little bit broken. And I think that memes are at times quite satirical in a way that they can evoke emotion and they can evoke that sense of relatability but also kind of underlying, well, there's an issue here. But sometimes they can just be blatantly like, let's not worry about the issue, let's just mm. have a JK. You know? Drown our sorrows and yeah, yeah, yeah. do some self-destructive behaviour. Yeah. I know personally when I find memes that could be taken quite seriously, but I do have a chuckle to myself, I make sure I don't tag my friends in them in public. I might do a private send and be like, this is a bit cooked, but I can relate. <laughs> we can both relate. But I don't want other people knowing that I'm like, hey, tagged you in this meme because like you're sad too. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather private message them and then we can oh, discuss it. So true. But I don't want other people to think that I'm just making light of the situation. Mm. Yeah, like do we want to become touchy now with who we share our memes with? Like, do we need to think about? Who's seeing, yeah, our involvement in memes? Like, are we going to be afraid to be meme masters? I don't think so at all. (laughs) Meme culture is such a big thing that I don't think nothing will, like, nothing's going to break it. There's going to be the people that are like, maybe don't make a meme out of that one thing, but, like, it's always going to be something because I guess it is how we communicate with our generation. Message of the day, think before you meme. (laughs) What what does this meme? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I just want to say that if anybody is struggling with any addiction or abuse or any form of issue and they will need to talk to somebody or feel like it could help them, Lifeline is 13, 11, 14, and they are always 24 hours a day, 24-7. You can talk to them no matter what about anything and they can help you. Oh, well, that was that segment. When we come back, we're going to be talking about soundtracks, sex soundtracks. Daisy's going to lead us through it. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation. I've been thinking recently about sex soundtracks, I like to call them. Just the pros and cons of listening to music while you're having sex with someone. I personally don't really like the idea because it stresses me out. (laughs) You have to pick a song or an artist, and usually what I've been listening to beforehand has been really daggy. And I don't want anyone else to hear it. So I'll like quickly run to Spotify and have to chuck something else on. And I'll also, I'm like, what's the mood going to be? Is this going to be really nice and chill? Are we really going to go for it? Like, who's the best artist? <laughs> but <laughs> I also understand that like my housemates have asked me to play music before so that they don't have to listen to me. Yeah, yeah, that's my big thing with my roommates. Like, it's a known fact in my house that if there's loud music, you just don't... Just stay away. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> well, come a- well, I don't mind my own noises. Other people don't particularly always want to hear them, I've learned. So yeah. I think, like, for the like getting your kicks out of listening to music while having sex, I think feels like a lot of pressure because you have to like climax or at least go through the motions of the song 
as you are. It's kind of like setting yeah, your pace. Yeah, it? right. <laughs> and like, I'm sorry, but like, songs are only like three minutes thirty on average. Yeah. I think I want to go longer. <laughs> <laughs> so if it got to like the point where it's like the drop, and we're kind of just easing into it then the, my partner might feel like we need to hurry things up, but I'm, like, not ready. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, a lot of pressure. I've only ever had sex to music, like, in the early stages of being sexual in my life because I kind of got this vibe because you watch movies and all that shit that you always listen to music while you're having sex. Light and, some candles, put a yeah, record on. Exactly. And it was just really random shit that would come up, like just Aussie tunes, and I'm like, mm, this doesn't really... Land Down Under comes on in the middle of fucking, <laughs> you know, getting into it. It's like, yeah. Okay, <laughs> put on some cold chisel and go for it. This is why Netflix maybe is so good now, because we can just put it on in the background. Legit, I do yeah, Netflix rather than music these yeah. days, just because it's like, just white noise. Yeah, it is. You don't really pay attention to it, whereas I think with music, I'd, like, listen out for things and be like, oh, this is my favourite part. Oh, wait, wait no, I should be doing yeah. something. <laughs> in the middle, just stop and no, wait, just listen to this one lyric. This and I think really it's also yeah. when someone tries to select, like, this sensual, sexy playlist, I think it kind of makes it really ta- taste uh, distasteful and tacky. And I'm like... Ew, yeah. get away from me. Like, this old soul, it, it's, not, it's not what I'm about. Like, who's that guy? And it's like, dang, 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 Like, that one, Barry White? Um, yeah. Yeah. If that shit like started playing, wonder. fuck that. Like, yeah. no, I'd vomit. And then I'd probably gag on a dick, you yeah. know? Like, it's not going to happen. I also just really relate songs to certain times, and I've had it before where someone's been like, oh, let's put this on. I'm like, no. My grandparents introduced me to that song. <laughs> really? I don't want to think about my fucking Not grandma right now. Or even like, like, oh, hey, this song was actually played at a funeral of someone I was close to. Like, no thanks. You're what, not what would that right song mood. be for you guys? What is that one song or two songs or artists that could play and totally turn the mood off for you? Uh, okay, the Eagles. Uh, do you guys know the Eagles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's like a uh, mine and my dad's like big thing. Oh, it's our bonding. No. <laughs> it's our bonding thing. You know, like we have like tattoos and everything, oh. and it's like no all their songs. So if that were to come on during like any form part of sex, I would just I'd probably like run away that's, from the situation yeah. just because it's a bit that's a bit much for me. That's definitely fair. <laughs> I I just my problem is more like the artists that I really love and listen to day to day. So if I listen to them, it also makes it hard for real life when I'm listening to them again mm. on public transport or something, and I'm like, ooh, this is really reminding me of that time <laughs> that, uh, no, wait, no. <laughs> You're sitting across from some strangers, like, stop thinking about this right now. Yeah. Uh, who would your turn-off artist be? Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, it'd probably just have to be anything pop. Like, mm. anything billboard, nah. Like, I'm not across it. And if that came on, I'd literally have to... Because I'm just... I'm very picky with my music, generally. So if I had a partner who I was meant to be looking at as enticingly and they started playing shit music, I would have to get up and change it. <laughs> yeah. So that would definitely fuck the mood up. Because I'd be like, this is lame, and now I'm judging you. See, if I want to sleep with someone, I don't really need to get to know all that shit stuff. I just want the sex. Yep. <laughs> or I've already known that they're a good person and yay sex, so don't wreck it. Don't collide <laughs> those two worlds. <laughs> yep. um, have you guys ever been told to turn your music down or anything that's like muffles out your sex? I've been told to turn the music up. <laughs> or I got to yeah, wake damn. up to a text from my friend being like, thanks for trying, babe. Next time, please turn it up a bit more. I was like, oh, 
okay, but she was proud that I at least made the effort to put on music, and that that's what counts, right? I think that's yeah, that's definitely a tick for the <laughs> for the share house points. But I think it's pretty well known that if the music's on, if yeah, the music's you just rockin', don't, don't come, come and knockin'. Yeah, I um, have a lot of parties in my house, and I think that the music thing is very handy in those situations, especially because it's, like, two levels. So it's like we walk upstairs, and I'm just like, who the fuck's in my room? And like, why is the music playing? And you just kind of... <laughs> oh, no. Right. You just leave it alone and deal with it the next day. Oh, I've had God. a lot of um, kick-ons hosted at my house, I have to admit, and I've just gotten desensitised to people walking in on me. Like, wow. sometimes the other person will be like, whoa, what's going on? And I'll be like, oh, hey, sorry. <laughs> no, hey, we're actually busy in here. And they're like, yeah, no, I'll be out in, like, bathrooms down the hall five, to the left. ten minutes. <laughs> what are we working with here? <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty open with it. I'm just like, hey, sorry, you didn't hear the music. My lock doesn't work, apparently, but uh, I'll see you soon. It's a metaphorical lock. Everyone yeah. knows. <laughs> what's one song you guys remember having sex to? That kind of, like, brings good or bad memories with them, I guess. Damn, that's a toughie. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm actually like kind of into the idea of sex and music going together. I think it. Um, it, I mean, it goes with the how the vibe is. I guess you can say. I actually remember having a song in the background while I was just having a full on make make out sesh. Yeah. And I was vibing. It yeah, just it's made nice. it work so well. And especially if it's like someone like you know how you get those oh, you get, how you get those like really like young love like passionate moments. And yeah. it's just like you can't not be on the person. And it's and really nice if there's just a little bit. They of... gave me the aux cord, and oh, so I even set better. the mood. So yes. I was happy about it. You were into it. We were in an yeah. Uber, classic. Like oh, that's where all wow. the best makeout sessions. Yeah. yeah, back at taxis, back at Ubers on that's the way it. home. Four a.m. wherever you've been in the world. Yeah, that's it. And it was. And still. <laughs> Steve Lacey just released his demo, yes. which is so sexy, like the bass on every track. And I just had it on Infinity Loop. Like, that I don't know how many songs we got through. I was going to say, yeah. Steve Lacey, I just like really so sensual. Sensual vibes. Or anything ASAP Rocky. Makes oh, me oh. Get Yo, LSD. LSD. Yeah. I have done some fun. LSD is my answer to that song. What's my number one song? <laughs> LSD by ASAP Rocky. That's a fucking good one. Yeah. I have to try it. I'll have to try it. Or it's Frank Ocean if I'm feeling oh, like yeah. if I'm really feeling the love. Yeah, man. Like it's <laughs> good. How about like female vocalists? Let's think about them as well. Um because we've got some sexy men, but yeah. what about the I've girls? Had some sex to Stevie Nicks. Oh, I'm oh, a big yeah. fleet whack fleet whack wood. Fleet whack wood. <laughs> whack for the Mac. <laughs> a big old Fleet Mac Wood fan. So Stevie Nicks, she um I just she just does it for That's me. That's beautiful. Yeah. I get around that as well. Mm-hmm. SZA, Scissor. I've Scissor. never figured out. I really, really love that. Although when I'm feeling a bit of heartache as well, that's what I listen to. Mm. So not Because everything's good. really boss. So yeah. you're like, well, fuck everyone. Yeah. I can do this on my own. Oriana just makes me want to be fierce and get out of there and just yeah. ride someone. I'm the boss. <laughs> get the fuck down and just sit the fuck, da- <laughs> sit the fuck up. <laughs> what are your thoughts on like music while you're masturbating then? Because you know when you... Because I like to watch porn. Mm. And you know when you do and there's like a scene where they have music on in the background. I fucking can't stand that shit. Do you know what I did the other day? I actually had... Scissor playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and I like turned like the music down there a little bit and then just turned the pawn up a little bit. Mm. And then I set like my own soundtrack yeah. to the pawn, but like nice. in the distance. That's a lot of depth to go into. Yeah, I was just you really I set thought it that up. I deserved it. Yeah. I was, like, really setting <laughs> Living the mood your best for life. 
Yeah. yeah, direct and produce your own track. Yeah. And and porn scene <laughs> to suit your needs. I'm into that. Yeah. I uh yeah, I'm just not a fan of the music in the in the pawns because it's so shit. It's like that dreamy score. It's like Da, 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 da. Or some seventies, like just like oh, yeah. Is that still a thing? Yeah, I've never heard. Yeah, you that. know, seventies porno is like making a comeback, but it's is in it? a satirical context. Right. Yeah, there was one on Facebook a long time ago. You probably can still find just it. Just one porn. On Facebook. <laughs> yeah, one single porn, and it was this dude in a bathtub. It was full seventies, and it was the funniest thing. Yum. So it's making a comeback in a satirical way, but also, I guess if that's your thing, smart porn. It works. Well, I mean, we have kind of figured out that we don't like listening to music when having sex anyway so makes sense so that we don't go. like them in pawns yeah <laughs> only when you can really orchestrate it but i guess it needs to feel natural so orchestration isn't the best thing to do yeah hey. there was one that i actually really appreciated once that someone put on and it was like a someone's dj mix and afterwards i was like this is the first time i've enjoyed listening to music like there were like highs and lows and it was like fast and slow and it was really good and i was like is this your sex soundtrack and they're like no I listen to this when I'm too drunk at night or something and need to just like pop the earphones in and get away from the crowd Mm. and I was like that's weird that you play that then but it just worked really well no lyrics either so oh yeah yeah and it just keeps going like it's just on a loop yeah that's usually I guess it would be a good way to like not get distracted as well because like sometimes you could get really into like the the lyrics I guess so it'd be a good way to just uh keep the mood Mm, yeah, totally. I mean, disappointingly, didn't last the two and a half hours that the, <laughs> that the mix shit. did. Like, what was his deal? Oh, come still, on, man. Still all right. <laughs> Guys, we've got some Tumblr uh, questions popping through, and I think it's time we address them. How do you adjust to your partner bringing in a new partner? Any advice for new poly people? Do your partners know each other? Oh, who's been in this boat before? I have been in the boat, but not in like a full polyamorous way. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, um, I was a little bit inebriated, I guess you could say. And I was with my very close friends and things just got weird. Mm. You know, Mm. sometimes things just get weird. We're very open with each other, like all of us. Uh, But other than like that, in a genuine relationship, I don't know how I could handle bringing another partner into it because I'm a very selfish person when it comes to like mm. actual relationships. I guess you need to understand who you are. Yeah. If you are that I guess obsessive or possessive person, if you're that overly affectionate person who needs to have be given something the whole time. Um whether you're the person who likes to give and give to as many people as possible, then if that's your vibe, then it could definitely work. I think it's just something that needs to be said in a chat with your partner. And if you're newly poly, then it's something to explore because it's the only way you're really going to know if that lifestyle is going to be for you. Um kind of really in a confrontational way it's like well if we want to see other people why don't we just do it all together and see how that goes and if I'm okay with it then they can go do it behind my back as well communication (laughs) is definitely the key I would say to any new I think any new relationship but especially polyamory because it's very it's a it's a very new thing for anybody to experience Mm. I guess you can say um so communicating with the person that you are with uh just about anything that's like could be an issue to you or anything you feel uncomfortable about is um definitely yeah, my biggest I think a good way of looking at it as well is I want to be able to do this so 
it's only fair that the other person does as well. Because hmm. I definitely struggle with jealousy, but then on my half, I'm like, no, you know what? You know how I feel about you. I'm just going to go off. So I really need to remind myself, I want this, so I need to accept it too. Yeah, definitely. Just about being honest and open. Mm. And uh, maybe open sexually as well. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got uh, another cheeky little piece of input here from Tumblr. I have a mate that talks to a girl, but only on an event that's on once a week. And it's stopped. But all he talks about is her. He keeps asking for advice, but I don't want to give him bad advice. He wants to add her on Facebook, but doesn't want to be a creep. Should he add her? That is a sticky situation, Mm. my friend. So the event has stopped. So this person can no longer see his crush. Um, and if this has been a regular thing... Then they, like, know each other. Then they know each other. You chuck her an ad. Definitely Definitely. grants an ad. So for being forward, like, there's no time to waste, really. Why beat around the bush? Yeah, I guess you could... Yeah, I I just advocate being forward, doing an ad, sending a cheeky message, Mm -hmm. even just being honest about it. This has been my approach recently, and it's worked fairly well, and just being like, hey, sorry if this is forward do you want to get a drink sometime? It's okay if you, like, totally fine if you don't want to. So you kind of give them an out so they're not pressured. And because you're approaching it so casually, if you do get rejected, you're like, oh, it's fine. Still come I was casual that about cool it in guy, the first yeah. place, yeah. Yeah, because you gained confidence <clears throat> points. So you're able to do it again and the fear of rejection won't be as intense and it may not even be a fear anymore if you can keep repeating this behavior and also once you reach out and have a chat you'll know straight away if this person's keen or not and even if it's not a romantic thing since they don't seem to really know each other it could just be the development of another friendship or relationship mm, that's still like something that's awesome to have in your life if you miss this person like whether it's in a romantic context or otherwise it's worth keeping that person around. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely be easier said than done, but I think the more you do it, the easier it becomes. 100%. And the more it's normalised that, you know what, people are attracted to people and we're going to want to ask them out. So yeah. let's just throw caution into the wind and actually do it. Yeah. Hey, naughty rooters, where's the naughtiest place that you've done the naughty business? XOXO. Gossip girl. <laughs> Damn, where is... I'm not like vanilla. I... Are you really? But not... Like, just in the places I guess I've done it, like, usually I just... I'm the kind of person that would just bring my one-night stand home and just... Yeah. My bed, you know? It's mm. the best place in my mind to do it and then just kick them out or... I don't know. Sometimes I sometimes I leave myself and just be like, oh, no. <laughs> like, I fully, like, ran away one time. Whole different story for a whole other time. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I guess, like, the naughtiest place... Oh, shit. I have no idea. Um... Maybe it was the left side of the bed instead yeah, of the Yeah, maybe on the floor yeah. or on a like chair or something. Shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, Jasmine's mixing it up. <laughs> Woo! The car? I don't know. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty vanilla. I'm just, like, my yeah. room's comfortable. It's, you That's know? fair. Fair? I fair. suppose mine would be in the middle of a quiet public park. People do parks all the time. But it was, it was nighttime, but also we didn't even go for a bush or anything subtle. We were, like, in the middle of the cricket Whoa. pitch. And I was just like, yeah, cool. Damn. And we booked an Uber, and on the way back, I was like, um, so my house is down here. That's the kebab shop. You get out, get us some food. I'll meet you back home. <laughs> and it was it was perfect. That's lovely. <laughs> Mine like- has been pretty naughty. Um, so I was overseas on an exchange, and I was in an American college campus <laughs> and was just feeling really naughty spontaneously with a guy that, I didn't particularly have my eyes set on at all, was just 
keen for the D. And we were both like, all right, well, if it's going to happen, it needs to happen tonight because we're both pretty drunk and we don't really love, like like each other as yep. people. So it needs to happen right now when we're in a state of haze. And then neither of us had free rooms because we obviously had uh, roommates. So we opted for the laundry room in his building. <laughs> and it was also Halloween, so oh. we were decked down in costumes, like clown-faced makeup. So it was extreme, and I can only imagine, because 100% there would have been cameras down there. So I can only <laughs> imagine what this security guard is seeing, like these two fucked scary clowns having sex on the top of a washing machine. You guys are getting dirty where you're meant to be getting clean. Oh, no. <laughs> That's my life. <laughs> getting dirty when I'm meant to be getting clean. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yep, so that's that's my naughtiness. Other than that, just the standard car. Uh, nothing, nothing else to cray. Yeah. I've always wanted to do it in a workplace. Ooh, like yeah. Like the secret, like, uh, like forbidden kind of shit you know yeah. like you feel like this can't happen but like it's gonna happen like did you ever remember if you're on a school camp and you had a cheek cheeky patch somewhere yeah yeah you yeah felt like a badass and you were like so red and flustered and like whoa excited <laughs> oh my gosh i can't believe i did that <laughs> yeah Sorry. going back into the canteen getting that spag bowl <laughs> classic camp so if any of you guys want to get involved feel free to send us an anonymous question via the naughty rude show com slash ask and you don't need a tumblr account to do it you can just ask us anything you can also be anonymous hence tumblr mm-hmm. it's still cool guys it actually is i love tumblr that's it oh we've got some more little questions i think we've got one more yeah sometimes i just don't feel like having sex especially when i'm down i'm worried i might be letting my partner down what can i do to feel better about the situation talk to them yeah, this actually, the same kind of topic of conversation came up with a friend uh, that I was talking to today. She's been in a relationship for three years and obviously is madly in love with this person, but recently has just not been able to really give herself in the sex department and has been feeling like because there's too much pressure about it, he doesn't really, because they're in a straight relationship, he doesn't really understand why it's not going to plan or like why she won't have sex with them and then when they try why she isn't enjoying herself and kind of gets like this in this angry state of like well if we're not having sex then why are we in a relationship like that kind of immature sex relationship relationship sex and I think people really need to break down their feelings like just really unfair talk about it and say well recently you've been saying all these comments obviously I'm not feeling great so I think for this particular listener if they've had those similar situations where they're getting this negative feedback it's probably stimulating that being a reason why they won't be able to do it and then you just keep going in this this rut of feeling lower and lower and you don't need sex to pick yourself back up either so if you're feeling down do those things with your partner that you enjoyed when you're in like the dating those kinds of happy times the puppy love stages go back to that and you're not letting them down like if they're not bringing you back up and really understanding where you're coming from when you're feeling down, then they might be letting you down. Yeah, so I think that's definitely the case. Well, I mean, everyone's libido goes up and down and that should just be something that's understood, especially when it comes to mental health issues. That's a huge, a huge impact sometimes. So I think the first thing to do is to stop feeling bad mm-hmm. straight up because mm-hmm. that's just not on. 
um, and then speaking to your partner and trying to explain it. And if they don't understand, then... Kick him to the curb. Yeah, you deserve <laughs> better. Kick him to the left side the of the curb. bed and you yeah. stay on that right side, girl. You mm-hmm. do it, Jasmine. <laughs> you stay there. <laughs> Actually, I prefer the left side oh. of the bed, so uh, there you go. We'll just put him on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I guess, it for the, the questions that we've got. And next we're going to be talking about New Zealand and the fact that they've introduced a paid domestic violence law, so stay tuned for that. Got a question? Hit us up at the thenaughtyrootshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Hi, welcome back to The Naughty Root Show. I'm Jasmine and I'm here with Peter and Daisy. And we just spoke about uh, a bunch of sex questions from Tumblr and sex soundtracks. We're going to go into a recent development in New Zealand's um, government. On Wednesday, the 25th of July, New Zealand passed a law uh, that grants the victims of domestic violence 10 days of paid leave Uh, to leave their partners, get themselves and their family into a new safe home. The bill was introduced and worked on by the Greens MP, Jan Logie. It took her seven years to do this, and beforehand, Jan was a... um, Before she was a politician, she worked in women's refugees... Refuge? Uh, The vote received a 63 to 75 um, in the way of the the bill. The bill is set to not only help families in need, but dramatically lower the country's costs at um, at the moment. New Zealand spend between $1.4 billion and $7 billion a year on domestic violence and has one of the highest rates of domestic violence in the world. It will come into an, to effect from April next year and stipulates that any person experiencing domestic violence will be entitled to 10 days paid leave, which will be in addition to standard holiday and sick leave entitlements. Domestic violence victims do not need to uh, have proof of their circumstances. They will also be entitled to fast-tracked, flexible work conditions, are designed to ensure their safety, such as changing their work location, email addresses, and having their contacts removed from the business website. Um, I have some statistics here before we jump into a conversation. Uh, 76% of family violence incidents are not reported to police. Police investigated 1,800... Uh, 1, oh, fuck me. I can't even <laughs> say what number. Fuck. All right. Do you want us to go into the stats? Oh, we can do it. Oh, it's all good. Okay, 118,910 incidents of family violence in 2016 were about one every five minutes, which is insane. Uh, this, there was an increase of more than 8,000 from 2015. There was more than 101,995 in 2014 and 95,101 in 2013, which is a dramatic jump in just one year. Uh, it's not clear whether... The increase is due to an increase in violence or an increase in people reporting the violences. Uh, In the four years from 2009 to 2012, an average of 13 women, 10 men, and 9 children were killed each year as a result from family violence. 24% uh, 24 of women and 6% of men report having experienced sexual assault in their lifetime. And disabled women are about twice as likely to be victims of abuse or violence compared to other women. Uh, this is like just in New Zealand. We have some Australian statistics that we can bring up uh, later. But just before we jump into the, the conversation, if you are in immediate danger, you can call triple one. If you're a women's refugee in crisis, zero eight zero zero seven double three eight four three or zero five zero eight seven double four six double three is a confidential abuse line or zero eight hundred four five six. Uh, 540 is an are you okay 
line all of them are open 24 7 they um can all be confidential if you don't want to like do anything bad unless you call the immediate danger line who then will uh be at your assistance and yeah so what do you guys think about the bill well, I actually hadn't really heard of it, so this is all very enlightening and the statistics are really shocking and it only makes me wonder what the statistics would be like in Australia. Um, but it's some fantastic initiative. I think it's such a smart idea and plan. I would really encourage anyone in domestic violent uh, issues to really feel like they've got a leg to stand on when it comes to kind of escaping any kind of tumultuous environments at home. So I think it's doing something really positive. I think the fact that it's acknowledging that this is an issue is going to do really good things for women who are victims or survivors of domestic abuse, just to know that I think quite often there's a feeling of being ashamed around it because obviously someone very close to you is hurting you and that's not an easy thing to admit, but this has given them a platform to realise that it does happen quite often and it should be recognised and it's an important thing that they're going through and I think they deserve paid work leave. I think it's really good. And it means that you have the support to get up and do something without needing to, I guess, confess to what you're feeling and your experience to any other family members that you feel may not necessarily agree with what you're wanting Mm. to do when trying to escape that kind of environment, not everyone's going to be your biggest fan. So if you were to have this, I guess, enforced privacy and escape plan, then it just makes that decision so much easier. And I'm all for bringing it into the mainstream as well. It's okay. Like, with any, like, issue at all, like, talk to someone about it and you definitely shouldn't be ashamed to talk about it. But for people that do have, like, maybe a more intense situation where their life could be in danger or their children, uh, it being such a norm and seeing somebody, like, be there, like, government-wise, like, they're fighting for you, I think it's also going to be really good to encourage people that, like don't stay in that situation you can get out people are going to want to help you 100 percent. and at least money wouldn't be an issue because a lot of the time you see money as being the cause for holding back from perhaps leaving a situation and if they don't feel like they can be open and honest to family members or friends that could give them that money then it kind of holds back and work in particular can seriously be affected by people who are experiencing domestic violence because you might not be able to go to work you might want to quit like you need the money obviously exactly like your mental health is compromised in scenarios like that so, so if the workplace understands what you're yeah. going through then that's just one less stressor which i think it's is also, really good it's also good even if they don't understand they're not legally allowed to fire you because of this which mm. is good because mm. there's although like there are a lot of people that are understanding that you also get those people that are just like of course i put my business before anybody like i don't really care mm. so this being in place just it means people like they have the they know it's there like they're not going to get fired and like and if they try to fire them they'll just go take like court cases and things can come up so yeah they have to take accountability yeah and they'll be backed yeah um i also pulled up some uh statistics for maori women uh because that is a very large part of new zealand like a large population um so this is from 2017 um some statistics say that um, in a in a lifetime of a married woman, uh, fifty three point five percent will uh, have physical abuse, 
29.1% will report sexual abuse, and then 57.6% will uh, report physical and or sexual, so like, you know, same time kind of thing, abuse. Uh, That's in their lifetime, and in 12 months, it's 12.1% for uh, physical, 5.7 for sexual, and 14.1 for both. So that... um, if you look at the other statistics, that make up, that could make up like a really big part of um, yeah the incidents that are that are to happen. And it's also incredibly sad that like that's that's half of a a country and half of a like um, uh, culture and people and yeah yeah. Well, I guess it always comes down to the socioeconomic um, position that sometimes we find ourselves just being stuck in because mm. of these fixed belief systems which is like a testament to our current Indigenous situation. And it's so unfortunate. But when society is telling these demographics of people that they're not really worth much else, then those kinds of values and, I guess, belief systems will then will be within there and just creating a breeding ground for some really bad behaviour and, and bad... I guess, ways of thinking about what they're worth as well, which is what we see here. Um, So I just really hope that there's so much support in every kind of community there. I hope it's not uh, taken for granted anywhere. And I want, yeah, everyone to reach out to anyone they kind of suspect anything happening to. You you brought up earlier taking it for granted. Do you think that that's something that... Well, I I agree that it's something that could potentially happen, but... Um, like, what do you... Um, so I guess sometimes, like, not in any particular community at all, um, sometimes people could see that small fine print of not needing to prove circumstances and could literally just ruin it for everyone Mm. who really needs Mm. this. And I just hope that that is not the case because there are communities that aren't necessarily listened to very easily and if other people were to just shit on that privilege to be listened to, then it's going to make it tougher for those who aren't necessarily going to just be accepted for their circumstances sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it'll be really interesting in a year or five years to see how well this has gone and hopefully it has reached a lot of people and given sometimes the voiceless, like, an opportunity Mm -hmm. to speak out and feel supported. But I guess we'll have to see. Time will tell. Yeah, you also want to have to see if this is going to have any implications. Not implications, but, sorry, uh, positive influence on perhaps our government. Yes, yes. Um, I pulled up some statistics as well. There's a lot uh, that goes on in our country <laughs> to this. Uh, the one that stood out to me the most was that we spend $21.7 billion a year, um, and that's just for violence against women. That says nothing about male partners or anything else, um, mm. which is insane. Uh, and it kind of hurts to hear that, as you, especially with the whole thing that happens re- ha- happened recently in Carlton with that girl. Mm. Um, I can't pronounce her name, but um, Eurydice's. Yeah, it's really like it's quite, quite distressing as a young woman to hear that. Yeah, uh, um, it's Australia as well. I think because we're taken to be such a larrikin country, mm. like laugh it off, we're easygoing. It's really hard for the government to admit that we have a problem with violence against women or domestic violence and family violence in general and not as much thought has gone into it as definitely should because it 
is really important. Yeah, you just really hope with the whole scheme of creating policy that this is something that's looked at and thought about. And it's not necessarily just about campaigning and raising awareness anymore. It's about doing something to help the families who are in crisis. It's going to take more than just calling it out. Yeah. Um, Some other things, it's not necessarily uh, just all um, abuse, but there's some that say that uh, Victorian data shows only one in six men surveyed uh, say they would do something to show their disapproval if a man told a sexist joke about a woman at work. And there's also another one I saw that uh, less than half of the employees served by, uh, surveyed by this one survey I'm reading from recognised financial abuse as a form of violence against women. They're both quite distressing. Because um, it's more than just physical violence. Yeah, it's yeah. emotional. There's threats. There's even just keeping someone on the edge of their seat all the time. Like All these things take a toll on mental health and physical health. Mm. And if you don't have your own safe space at home, it's really a struggle just to live sometimes. Yeah, 100%. It's just perception of what is, I guess, this bad intent against women and children and members of the family in general. People just seem to have blurred lines about it. Like, oh, I I didn't hit them. It's not abuse, but it needs to be recognised that it goes a lot deeper than that. 100%. Uh, Women between 18 and 35 are more likely to experience violence than women overall, which is also distressing to hear. Um, One in three young people between 16 and 19 report experience of image-based abuse. Image-based abuse doesn't really get a lot of um, recognition. No, not not much airtime. I actually don't think I've heard anything really about it on mainstream media. I think there are a few circumstances. I think recently I may have heard something potentially about, like, it's always involving workplace, Mm. not necessarily private relationships, or it's involving younger children and it always pushes that vulnerability of children on social media. So it's really kind of victim-blaming in a sense. Which is awful. Children in general, um, especially with social media, it's a whole new tangent, but I've discovered that they're so easily, uh, not even victimised but influenced, that it's quite, um, it's actually really bad to see. And especially with this whole uh, mumble rap thing and the whole um, normalisation of like being really into like Xanax and all of those kind of Mm. prescription pills. you see, like, a 13-year-old, you know, like, talking about like, getting face tattoos or drawing on their face with a pen and, like, putting in a fake grill and, um, you know, just stupid things that you would never see a kid do. It's, um, I say distressing a lot, but it is distressing to see the, like, how easily we can be influenced and um, kind of, I guess you can say controlled as, like, children and, like, watching that from an older perspective is just, mm. like, like, shit, like, that's, could, that could be my little brother, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. For anyone that isn't aware what image-based abuse actually encompasses, it occurs when intimate nude or sexual images are distributed without the consent of those pictured, including real, altered, like, photoshopped images and drawn pictures and videos. That was a huge one with revenge porn happening. Yeah. And particularly a while back, I think with a lot of schools, there were boys who were collecting pictures of nudes that girls had sent and making online databases. Yeah, Facebook pages. Yeah. Just yeah. don't send nudes, dude. Well, not until you're an adult anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Or don't, See, like, don't I think... share other people's 
everyone's got their moves. own autonomy to decide whether or not they want to distribute photos for themselves and for someone else's pleasure. It's it's just it's a matter of respect, I think. Um, and unfortunately, it's it's not just an emotional opening of oneself. Mm. It's actually tangible and can be distributed, yeah. which just makes it harder to hold on to. It's not fair. Like It shouldn't be up to me to make sure you're not being a horrible person and sharing things with people that you know you shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, anything else to add on that segment? I just don't feel like I'm qualified enough to talk about this, but I think it's an incredible... Uh, movement forward and I really hope it does well. And I'd love to see Australia follow in its footsteps. Yeah. Or even just start recognising it a lot more and really tackling the root of the problem. Okay, well, that nice. was um, that segment. We'll be back soon. You are listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation. We're talking about some serious stuff. If you need help at any time, you can contact Beyond Blue at 1300 22 4636, Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800, or Lifeline on 131114. So, guys, I want to go into a little topic that is quite, I guess, just prevalent for me in my everyday life. So, as you both know, and, and our listeners, I'm single, pretty much forever single. And so what I like to do in my downtime is date. And obviously what makes it really easy to date and get yourself out there these days are the online dating apps. You know, you've got your Tinders and your Bumbles and your plenty of fish. And even just sliding into people's DMs on social media just generally is, I would say, a way to date. Mm. But when you go through this process of finding people and acknowledging similar interests and getting along and even perhaps going out in person, maybe even having a little tickle, having a kiss, <laughs> it's lovely. And then you don't get a text back and it all just dissipates and turns into nothing. And you wonder, was it me? You know? But sometimes you may even be the one who has just kind of lost the spark, you're not vibing, you kind of just had higher expectations of the person that you planned to date and then you wanted to let them off with an easier kind of out rather than having a long, hard chat about what their flaws are. You just decided (laughs) that you'd back away slowly by never replying. So what I want to know is how do people get away with ghosting or coasting, right? And are you a ghoster or are you a coaster? And how do you feel about the differences, the similarities or what justifies being a ghost? 100% I'll go into this because this is my own term, right? (laughs) I've created it because I just like rhymes. So trademark it. feel lost (laughs) if you didn't know what it was because none of us did either. Peter loves a bit of a bit of a term uh, (laughs) manufacturing. So obviously for those of us who are familiar with the term ghosting, it's pretty much when you've decided to just drop off contact with someone that you've met uh, via the means of digital dating and you do it as simply as never returning a text. So coasting, I would say, is the opposite where you kind of come to this organic halt and the fling or dating period between two people just kind of naturally ends. So I would call that someone who just wants to go with it probably feels that it's not necessarily going to be the most sensational relationship, but they're just coasting through. And then when it ends, it ends. Sometimes it doesn't need to be like that long, hard chat about why it wasn't meant to happen and why it discontinued. I'd say that's a bit of a coast. And I've experienced both. 
So what are your thoughts? What have you guys experienced more of? Uh, quite often in the past, I'm a change lady. Mm-hmm. I have not wanted to approach someone and confront them and be like, hey, this isn't working for me. So I have just not so much cut off all contact, but made up enough excuses why I can't see them until they're like, I get it, you're not into this. So it's kind of like lazy ghosting. Or yeah. Like conscious, conscious ghosting. I don't know. I just kind of put it off. But I don't say I don't want to see you anymore. I just wait until they get fed up with me putting it off. Right. So you already kind of know your faults, though. Like, you understand that you're the person who's driving it to an end. Yeah, self-aware. Self-aware. So in a way, I'd say it's like borderline ghost, but also just boring deity because you have enough. You're not stimulating it. You're like, let's just just put this down. It's like the whole, it's not you, it's me, but I know it's me. I I don't want you to feel bad. But I kind of looked back on that at the start of the year and I was like, this is not on. You're better than this. And I did reach out to the people that I'd done it to. And I was like, hey, I'm sorry for approaching that quite immaturely. Um, I really like you as a person. You deserve better than that let's hang out if you want to. Uh, a lot of the responses I got back were like, oh, thanks, but I'm actually seeing someone right now. Literally. <laughs> I was like, that's, no, I'm still sticking to the I don't want to date you, but. <laughs> but I'm just <laughs> being a nice person. I'm just acknowledging that what I did wasn't the best. And now I have decided that I need to be honest. Communication is key. So I've sent a few texts being like, hey, I'm not feeling this, but like, honestly, let's kick it if you want to platonically Mm, mm. and you know what I would say that's coasting right Mm. I would say that if you're still trying to continue the relationship whether it turn into a romantic thing or fizzle into something more of a friendship you're coasting because you're rolling with it you're just going to see where it ends up organically and what you might ask is, well, if you think you're just such a good person, Peter, are you always a co-star? <laughs> is that just what you do? You just like get to this point in each of your relationships and you make tens of friends every month because all the dates haven't necessarily been romantic, but you're still keeping in touch. <laughs> yes, I have a lot of friends uh, now, thanks to online dating. <laughs> Not necessarily going in my favour. But you know what? I would say half the time I do let these relationships drag out because I'm intrigued by these people and they don't necessarily know that I don't see it in a romantic sense, but I think that there comes a time where you can feel the physical energy isn't necessarily romantic anyway. So it does just turn into friendships without people necessarily needing to say just to let you know so you don't get obsessed with me. Like, I don't really want to fuck you. Um, can we just hang out? Because that's an ego thing. Yeah. And also, you know? I mean, I've, I have pretty good taste, I think, in people. <laughs> so I like that you're aware of yourself. Yeah. yeah, very sure. So often I'm like, you are a good person. And, okay, I'm not physically attracted to you, but obviously I was dating you because you have good qualities and I want to keep them in my life. And every different person has as ta- like lame as this sounds every other person has a different story mm. and they can bring something to your life and I think that's something that should be acknowledged and it's like I'm not one of those people that's oh I'm not friends with my ex like they suck it's like no you obviously really liked this person for a reason and why not keep the good bits yeah. so I do have a lot of friends in well same as you I guess yeah. they started out not so much as friendships but they've kind of not even fizzled but just like grown into a friendship yeah. where there's no more 
getting down with it, knocking boots. <laughs> Mm-mm. And sometimes there is the unintentional ghost, which I guess is like in the middle of a coast and a ghost, mm. where neither party really continues anything, where there's no more communication, I guess, because it's, again, like a mutual ending, which you could call a coast, but I would say it's also a ghost because neither of you are reaching out to, like, go grab a drink or yeah, go yeah, get a coffee. a double ghost. Yeah, a double ghost, which I find has happened to me more often than me getting ghosted by people. It's great. And it's kind of funny, like, the mutual ghost, because then you see them out and you're like, oh, I remember oh that gosh, one yeah. time. Everyone's like, how do you two know each other? We're like, oh, we went on, like, a Tinder date or two. But, and then um, pretended it never happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have to confront it. <laughs> <laughs> Same boat. I'm um, a bit mean. I'm a bit of a coaster and a ghoster. Wow. No, uh, we've all been there. My last relationship ended up a coast. You know, like mm. like the one where you get a good friend ever out yeah. of it, which yeah. is nice. But I can definitely ghost. I don't really, like, know, as as a ghoster, what, I don't know if I have reasoning behind it or I just do it. You know? Yeah. I guess maybe it's just like, oh, I'm done with you. <laughs> I, get bored. I get bored really age. easy. It's kind of bad um, as a as a dater. I think yeah. it's probably a, a flaw. Keep them on their toes. <laughs> yeah, I guess you'd say that. I think it's pretty mean because if somebody ghosted me, I would get mad about it. So I should probably stop ghosting other people. And I don't even do it in like a relationship kind of sense. I'll ghost like everyone. Like I ghost my mom. Right. Mm. Like she'll text me and then two hours later she'll be like, Jasmine, what? I just asked you a question, like, what are you doing? Are you alive? I know you're not doing anything today. What are you doing? I just, like, I just don't answer people. There's no reasoning behind it. Like, I just ghost people to a point where, like, they they get mad at me about it and I don't do anything to fix it. Um, I totally get that. But do you ever do the way you ignore a message and then you realise three weeks later and you just picked up? Like where you left ever happened. <laughs> like, oh yeah. So anyway, no, I wasn't up to much that day three weeks ago. Uh, I think I went out to a party or something in the end, but uh, yeah. it was alright. I've had people do it to me. Um, my ex is good at it, and we still talk. He's like one of my one of my good friends. Uh, he does it to me. He'll like we'll be mid conversation, and then he'll go away for like three days. And this <laughs> happened while we were dating as well. And I was like. What the fuck? Like, and I knew he wasn't doing it intentionally to be like, you know, I'm ghosting you, like, go away. But he just, I don't know, got caught up or he has not, doesn't have, like, a good attention span. And he would just go away for days and then come back like, oh, yeah. You picked up some bad behaviours. <laughs> he would come back like, oh, yeah, no, actually, I ended up doing this with my night. And I was like, oh, yeah, what about the other three fucking days where <laughs> you ignored me? Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't you find it stressful, though? I know that sometimes if I'm intentionally not ignoring but just putting off answering a Mm. question like maybe on Facebook or on Instagram I haven't opened up a message yet and then I'll post a story or like something and I'm like oh no oh no I'm not meant to be (laughs) reachful right now like that was gonna be my excuse I've had I haven't had my phone on me sorry but it's like no you have we have the evidence I actually think that people can understand when you post insta stories and haven't replied to to dms i think now there's like this just like amidst reality and society people know that you need to take time out of your day to go through your dms whereas posting an insta story requires no two-way communication it's Mm -hmm. it's all just i feel like doing this now i'm gonna get my i'm gonna swipe up and get my thumb to hold down on the middle button while i record something (laughs) and then it's done and i don't have to think about it i won't even put a caption on it but if there's some well thought out posts happening then it's you've obviously had time mm. to go through your dams. So you need to try and think of it like that. I just it's too much energy, I think. I archive. When I don't want to listen or acknowledge them, I archive and I hope they take it as a hint. I'm doing it right now. It's really bad. I'm doing it to someone right now. Mm. Uh, and I just archive. 
Because it's like, I don't I've know. I've never done that. I feel it's... I. It must be meaner for me to ignore them oh. than actually tell them that I don't want to talk to them anymore. But yes. I'm just doing it in hopes that they just take the hint and I'm just like, I archive everything. Which is kind of like my putting it off until they yeah. <laughs> I just ar- Instead of doing that, I archive the conversation and pretend it's like not there and then they'll message me back. And um, <laughs> they can come back if you archive them yes and it's like so a new message will come over that it's like I'll, I'll archive it and ignore it and then they'll message me again like I don't know 20 minutes later with a whole new topic conversation trying to get my attention and I'll just re-archive it again and it's, that's what it does it just comes back and back and back until eventually I'm just like fuck off <laughs> can you not take the hint I'm busier I don't want to talk like I want to ask like how long does it take on average for you to just get the gauge that this person isn't for you like um so how quickly into the relationship are you ghosting before you get bored before i get bored (laughs) oh yeah shit um i guess like while the relationship is going well i usually give it i don't know like a month Mm. because that gives you like a solid amount of time you get to know them yourself you can see if they fully can integrate into your life like do they like your friends yeah can you make them a part of your everyday life like you can really uh work on making them integrated into your life and then after that I can usually see if somebody's not even like even after the conversation of um this is where I'm looking at like look at us go like now mm. and if they you can usually tell if someone's not feeling it at that point because it's been like it's been a while um we've hung out by ourselves we're both looking at meeting each other's friends or like you know like I haven't tried to introduce you to my friends I'm trying to make you more accessible in my everyday life and if they're really just not like picking up on that that's just kind of when either I'll end it mm. or I'll just like it'll just be one of those things so where like yeah you've attempted to go with the whole coast you know <laughs> you've you've traveled the wave a month is a long time I would say like you've definitely tried just for a casual like a date 100%, yeah. yeah you've tried to see how that person would fit in to your life so I'd say that you're probably not even that cold of a ghoster. It's not I like would you're say, leaving them on red or anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I can do that. I guess it just, like, depends on the person and the situation mm. because I can definitely just leave someone on read. And- but also, a month is a long enough time for this person to probably feel like, well, it's a bit insensitive that now we're not having any contact after having spent a month of potentially trying things out. Mm. So, yeah, I can see it, see it at both ends um, and from both sides. I think you just need to practice. Yeah, you know? do you think that you're willing to change? or will you? Oh, definitely. Uh, but I also, I guess it just depends on the person and my mood, you know? Well, now you know what coasting <laughs> is. Now yeah. we all know what coasting is. I usually is. try to coast with the flow. It doesn't yeah. sound like, yeah. it doesn't sound that good, but like, you, you know. If you just coast and, and go with the flow, maybe I'll like hold back from doing certain things that you might usually do in your month's period Mm. and see if they occur naturally. And if they don't, then this person might also feel on the other end that, okay, it's just coming to an organic end now. If you just hold back from, like, giving it your all in that month and maybe just, like, start to put the brakes on. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, to a a coasting degree and then it kind of just turns into a friendship and the next thing you know you're just talking about like the nba scores the person's definitely going to get the hint i think yeah yeah good luck jasmine thank you you will overcome my this bad behavior, <laughs> behavior. <laughs> i'm sorry to everybody i've ghosted except for it's the one person i'm ghosting right now please take the hint <laughs> i'm also gonna say that like i'm definitely ghosting like at least two people right now um and i know i've just been talking myself up yeah so yeah yeah i will get to that and we will coast along and i will let you guys know yes 
So, guys, I think we've wrapped up for this session, for this podcast, and that's all for now. But if you do need to rehash or maybe go back over the definitions of ghosting and coasting, please do know that you can catch this podcast on every place that you get your podcasts. We're on Omni, Spotify, iTunes, and you can suss us at the sin.org.au website just on any of your app stores. And if you want to weigh in on anything throughout the week, anything that you want us to talk about, anything that you think we need to kind of brush up on from this session today, slide into our DMs. We won't ghost you. We'll probably coast for a little bit. Uh, Or even message us on Facebook if you just want to search The Naughty Rude Show. Or you can tweet us on Twitter at Naughty Rude. And as always, keep sending us in your questions through Tumblr. That's thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com slash ask. Naughty Rude will be back next Sunday night on Sin Nation from 8pm. We are Peter, Jasmine and Daisy and we'll be with you for the next few weeks. Looking forward to it. Ciao.